Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet Films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Ephes for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. everyone and welcome back to epic tales from the sewers i am your host justin here with my excellent co-host mr eric will how you doing eric i'm doing fantastic how you doing today there justin doing awesome thanks for being here uh we have a very special guest today and um he is someone that you would definitely recognize especially if you are a fan of martial arts and if you are a fan of the mortal Kombat series so he is an actor and he has been in the mortal Kombat one video game mortal Kombat 2 the movie book of swords press start pickaxe mortal Kombat fates little league um, and also Levin legends never die master daniel Pasina. how are you doing today pretty good pretty good just I, I had, here in chicago you know yeah yeah it's it's a warmer day today it's 45 <laughs> <laughs> it beats it beats we, we got down there to uh to negative so i'm happy right now and it's it's headed back we're gonna get some snow so uh it's uh shouldn't be a stranger to you uh having played sub-zero so uh you know you get there I win. And, <laughs> and, and that blew my mind too like um looking at you because obviously i can see you our listeners can't see you but i'm like that's johnny cage like absolutely you look like johnny cage to me and, and that's what stuck out but i didn't know as well that you had played uh scorpion sub-zero and reptile as well yeah yeah actually those characters uh i i had the chance to uh make them the way they kind of looked and generally how they look and also introduce the lin Kuei uh mythology into into the mk franchise that's so cool i i loved when when they uh they did that they did like a, a splinter game about sub-zero and they really went into that and it was just like really cool 
I got so absorbed into that when um, when it had come out. It's like, oh, Mortal Kombat, and then it's it's at home, and then like all my friends were into it, and it, it was just the the most fun game that we had. We just loved playing it. Um, awesome, it was a lot of fun. Now, w- with that, um, you had to do a lot of motion capture. I'm guessing on this. Um, um, well, there was no motion capture as we know it. It was video. We wanted it to look at more like a kung fu movie than uh, what it turned out to be. Just technology limited us. So uh, I've got to basically uh, design all all the martial art moves for all the characters. Oh, that's so much fun! That's awesome. So, so literally, you're the guy that came up with "Come here and get over here" and all that. Well, actually, it was like a collaboration. So, like, get over here. The guy who played Kano. Uh, who who like her loves seven star praying mantis kung fu? He originally uh, coined that phrase. Get over here! I put the rope dart like I put the rope dart in in Mortal Kombat, which was a weapon uh, the Chinese used to pull horsemen off their horses. And so when I was doing that and yanking, uh, Rich Divisio yelled, "Get over here!" So every time I hear it in the game, I start laughing because you know it 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 it's kind of almost sounds like rich when he originated the the phrase oh that's that's kismet right there that's such a small accident that became something legendary that's really neat oh my god i i have to say my favorite has always been the shadow kick for johnny cage uh i i did a little uh brief stint in uh karate tournaments and i i actually used that to uh close the gap and, and win a tournament it was awesome so they wouldn't let me use the low blow but um i i did that i, I closed the gap super quick with a sidekick and just knocked this and, and the best thing about this was i was i was 34 at the time and i was fighting a 19 year old because we were in the same in the same uh weight class in the same age range wherever that went and there's just something great about being 34 and taking out a 19 year old kid <laughs> the best. Yeah. so he wasn't hurt or anything because you know it, it was just a, a points match but but still it was just like oh man i beat it with the shadow kick yeah awesome <laughs> those good times um and um one of the things i was looking at here is that um you're a practitioner of wushu and i saw that there's a difference uh wushu versus sanda and i'm not familiar with that is um is sanda something also that's taught at your school actually uh for not that i speak uh chinese fluently not even well but wushu actually means martial art so when you're okay yeah so when you're in training in china and you see uh like taekwondo and and uh in china people are like Oh, they're doing uh, Korean wushu, or if they're seeing uh, some kick uh, Thai kickboxing, they're doing Thai wushu. So a lot of people think that wushu is uh, a style or or a system, but it just means martial art. So sanda, I've done sanda, and that is part of wushu because sanda means free hit. That means you're sparring freely. You know, naturally you have your rules. You know, you don't. It's it's still. Uh, sport so you have some some kind of rules that way nobody really seriously gets hurt but uh so yeah we uh i've done sanda before yeah i, I was always interested in, in the difference there I, i've trained a couple different disciplines uh most most recently um i, I think it was a uh, shaolin kempo and i did some kyokushin uh, karate and uh brazilian jiu-jitsu that that was a lot of fun so <laughs> but um 
you know, and, and um, I, I had heard it called before um, Wushu from, from different disciplines when we would have visiting masters who would come from maybe uh, from China or Japan or wherever they may have come. So I was always curious of that. So that's, Yeah, that's yeah. It. It, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. So, yeah. So when uh, hopefully people on your program will realize, like, you know, it, it'll strike up a conversation because now, you know, people who listen to this program know, oh, Wushu, well, what kind of Wushu, too? Because there is contemporary Wushu and traditional Wushu. And uh, traditional Wushu is the, the older martial arts that are thousands of years old. You know, and contemporary wushu is more of the sporting, uh, sports type wushu, like uh, like when you see competitions of people doing a, a, a lot of different jumps and a lot of the more acrobatic movements, even though it shows a great dexterity and it's just physicalness, that is considered co- uh, contemporary wushu. Now, how did you get interested in martial arts from, uh, from the get-go? When I was younger, I, I have... Two older brothers and one younger brother. The younger brother is uh, is Carlos, who's Raiden, and I. But I have two older brothers. So growing up on Sunday, I used to watch a TV show called Charlie Chan the Detective, and he would ah yes, you know, yep. and he would go. So and one time I saw, uh, I watched Charlie Chan throw a guy, you know, do this judo move, and I was just like, holy cow. There's a little guy just threw this big guy, and that's awesome. And my dad served in the U.S. Army during the Korean War. And he looked at me. He's like, I could teach you to throw, you know, kind of just goofing around. So my dad taught me. I, I got to throw my dad one time. He went over naturally because I'm like seven years old at the time. But, you know, and, and the only time he let me do it because I think I threw out his back or something because I threw it. And, <laughs> you know, he landed, boom, and my mom's hollering. And <laughs> what are we doing? But anyway, so my dad kind of it was like that. But I... I really thought like, wow, if I learned this, I could throw my bigger brothers because my bigger brothers were always like, uh, if we'd run a race, they'd win. You know, whatever they're doing, because they're older, they're bigger, they're going to always win. So I was like, oh, this is something if I learned, I could win it. So I bugged my parents for a really long time. And finally, they took me to take uh, to take some judo lessons. And that's, that's how it all started. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, for the record, I am a big fan of the uh, old Charlie Chan show. I had a crush on Susie way back in the day. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, I, I know what I am. Um, another thing that was really interesting to me looking at your um, your body of work is that you did work on the uh, second Ninja Turtles movie as a foot soldier. So I was going to ask you on that. Um, did you feel that like do the foot soldiers have a particular fighting style? that uh, they kind of were looking for with you? Or was it just um, like Mortal Kombat where they're like, all right, design something, come up with it and let, let's see where it goes? Um, well, uh, uh, totally different. Because actually with Mortal Kombat, we got to, like me, uh, my brother Rich helped Tobias pitch the game to Midway. So we were there from the ground floor, even uh, before, you know, even before uh, Ed, who runs it now, we were there before him. But with this, they were looking for martial artists at a tournament called Battle of Atlanta. Because, uh, you know, uh, for this particular movie, because the way it was, they actually needed, you know, professional martial artists to take the stunts. Because if you, you can imagine, you put on this neoprene helmet and the eye holes are only literally about like the size of a pencil. And they're... Mm-hmm four or five inches away from your face. So you can only see exactly what's in front of you. 
So if you watch the movie again, you'll see us kind of moving all squirrely because we're trying to see where the kick or where the punch is going to go. And we're going to try to get in front of it or, or usually start the attack like that. So if you really watch the movie, you'll see us kind of running into everything or, or making sure that when we start our attack, we are directly in front of the, the turtle to do any of the fighting. Uh, that no wonder so, they lost. No, yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, our, our job was to throw ourselves in front of, in front of turtles, you know? Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So it was, uh, we spent, and two, we spent like five, four or five weeks choreographing eight hours a day. So it wasn't just like today where you see people just put together, oh, we're going to just put together this fight scene. No, it was a lot more complicated. We had to make sure that, you know, there wasn't the safety precautions that were, were now uh to a lot of times and two they're wearing foam so a lot of times we're getting punched i don't think they would allow too much of that now in the present day you know you can't punch tom cruise in the face <laughs> so yeah, i guess not yeah, yeah the, the, the stunt style was very very different it's, it's funny too because when when you are training you do have uh you know some sort of even if you're doing full contact you do have like those little foams it's probably a similar foam that you're you're still hitting someone with you know, when you're doing that, but I guess you would have headgear and all that. So, yeah. Wow. So it was really difficult to see in those. That does not shock me because it looks like they have like little screens over the eyes and all that. And I was always wondering about that. Yeah. They actually have a slit underneath the eye where they see out of. So when you see the eye like this, there's a little cut underneath there that that's where their eye was, you know, in, in the eye shot. Oh, wow. so yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty sweet to, to work on the movie. And, you know, even, even when we were fighting Tokan Razar, same thing with them, they, they couldn't barely see. So we had to make sure that we would do that. We kind of dress, uh, the foot soldiers dressed like that because there were only 12 of us stunt fighters. And then we hired like 30 people extras who would just come on the set and be in background to make it look like you know, there were more people. I think on a couple of days we had like 70 foot soldiers, but again, only 12 really doing the action. There's some big names too. Like I know Michael Jai White was in the film as an extra. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he had a a speaking line, but he was there and, you know, what, and um, it's, I don't know. I've, I've said this before. That's actually my favorite of the movies. So the first one's very dark and all that, but I, I like the second one. It's um, it's interesting, too, because they don't really use like the turtles themselves don't use any weapons. And um, now, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, did you get to use any weapons as a foot soldier? Uh, we got got to use. Um, I did a f- small fight sequence with uh, staff. Uh, that didn't make the movie. But, yeah, we got we, we, we tried a little bit. We tried a little bit that. But two, the weapons are foam. You know, because again, it, it, they can't be super dense because you got a guy who can't see anything swinging it around. So you can't risk them, you know, whacking the camera or, you know, whacking somebody who's not, you know, who is not supposed to be close to, to him. So I, th- we really tried to avoid using a, a lot of weapons going more hand to hand. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Eric, I know you had a, you had a burning question. I don't, I don't want to leave you out of this. <laughs> I'll to be honest with you, I just, my, mind, my mind just went blank for a moment there. I'm sorry, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead ask me another question. I should, have, I should have wrote all this stuff down. I had it in my head and I just lost it. I, I was but, just uh, thinking about some of, of my favorite martial arts films and stuff like that. And um, one of them, when you when you said the uh, the tournament there of, of Atlanta, I was just thinking of the best of the best. 
<laughs> oh. I, don't, I don't know why just uh, that just kind of popped up but you know um when we were talking about the tournament style of wushu that's that's kind of what uh, it made me think of um now do you are you still active in tournaments do you still get to um like do you go and um do you officiate um what what's that like now for you yeah actually i don't attend any tournaments you know i don't, if my students want to attend a tournament i i i kind of uh i i kind of support that not kind of i do support that because you know competition leads you to uh, accelerate your training. You know, you're, you have to get your cardio done. You got to get stronger. You got to get more flexible, you know, your endurance, everything, you know, so go, go, uh, going to the tournament or it has really has, uh, is a key role when you're doing martial arts, you know, even though you're not, even though you're holding back, it's still, you know, you're making friendships and you're learning, seeing different styles and it's a good experience, but I have not done like any tournaments for a really long time, haven't competed or, or that, or just don't do that. I, I'm kind of like, I like to teach my, uh, teach my students. And then I kind of just try to chill out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you don't miss like a, a super hot, smelly, sweaty gym with like a bunch of people yelling, <laughs> yeah, kids as, running around. Yes. And as you know, you know, a tournament, you're there from like seven in, at night to two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I do not miss those days. Especially most of the ones that I went to were like, okay, we're going to get everything out of the way and then do the black belts. It's like, okay. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. So, um, now you you were probably coming around in martial arts around the same time as the turtles. Um, I was wondering, did you ever have any sort of connection to the uh, the Ninja Turtles? Like, had you read the comics or were you aware of them when you were getting into the film? I was a fan of the of the Ninja Turtles. I had the comics uh, really? going through it. I, I might have a couple still from old school, uh, from back in those days. But you know, when we were when they approached us, uh, they didn't tell anyone what the movie was. They were really tight lipped, you know. And uh, until I went to North Carolina to uh, to audition uh, for it, uh, I didn't know what film it would be. Oh, that's that's pretty uh that's pretty interesting and then you'd have a leg up on kind of knowing what they were now did you ever have a favorite yeah i actually uh like donatello nice yeah because he is really uh his, his background he has like the traditional martial art background but he is also the tech you know so he, em he embraces both the uh both worlds that's great are you a techie guy yourself no, I wish I was, but, uh, <laughs> but I wish I was more, but you know, it, it's funny because, uh, you know, I don't really play uh, any sports. Everybody's like, Hey, do you play this? You know, I go once in a while before when I was younger, I'd go play basketball for a little bit or softball for the day, but I really don't, didn't do not practice anything but martial arts pretty much seven days a week. Wow. Oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, my, any of my extra time, you know, besides watching, I love horror movies. So I like, I really like horror movies. So I, uh, I like to sit down and watch almost anything. Um, but uh, otherwise I'm, I'm trying to research martial arts, just watching stuff, you know, jump on YouTube or, or uh, Venmo, see, uh, uh, and just reach out there and see what's going on see what people are doing. 
So as, as a lifelong martial artist, is there anything that you've just recently figured out that it took you this long to get like, oh, my goodness. And then you just kind of like figure out you're like, oh, I can do that kick now or I can or I, I understand that principle. Is there anything that's just kind of like now it's it's an epiphany for you after uh, studying this long and teaching? Yeah, back in the uh, back in uh, when I first went to China in 85, 1985. I learned some Northwestern system and I found it really, really difficult to learn. You know, uh, later on, uh, you know, uh, in, in Chinese martial arts, there's three different groups. There's Northern, Southern, and Northwestern. Uh, the Northern and the Southern were relatively, you know, easy to get. But the Northwestern stuff, which was the older martial arts, we're talking the martial arts that were around before Shaolin Temple. So those martial arts, and those are the military martial arts, meaning they were really designed for military. It wasn't fighting one guy on one guy. It was fighting 10,000 guys versus 30,000 guys, you know, 100,000 guys versus 80,000 guys. Craziness. Oh, wow. So So it's really collaborative, it sounds like. Yeah. So a lot of the time, like uh, uh, they originated because you're wearing armor. So when you're wearing armor, even Chinese armor, which is a lot more lightweight than the medieval armor, you're using the armor too, along with your, uh, with your fighting techniques. So not only, not only with your weapons, but you're, you know, when you throw a punch or something like, like they, they like to use more of a forearm first or a fist, but it's, you know, it's, it's got a piece of a uh, uh, thick piece of leather with some bamboo on it, or uh, uh, I mean, or leather on it with, with studs on it. So, you know, you're clubbing somebody with like a weapon that's attached to your arm. So it, that stuff requires a lot of flexibility to get the speed because naturally if you throw a technique slow in the martial art, uh, back when I was learning in, in, uh, in during that time, 86, one of the, uh, the masters was like, there are two types of martial artists, the quick and the dead. so yeah so So he's like you know and it's just like and and when you watch it they're just throwing their body and their technique it just looks so crazy you know and me and so without having you know even though i could do the splits you know as you know you know johnny cage does the splits i could i did (laughs) do all that stuff i still found this art really really difficult so you know uh maybe about eight years ago, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back to do that because I've become, uh, during my path, uh, I got the title of master because of the mind body connection. Like my mind is connected with my body, meaning, uh, I can throw the techniques as efficiently as my body is for me. So that doesn't mean like, oh, you're super strong or anything like that. No, that means if I punch you with hundred percent, it will be hundred percent. You know, the, the techniques have been trimmed down and doing that. So I, anyway, so with this martial art, I was like, you know, what? I am going to really try to dive into this because I'm a martial art geek. You know, I was a I was a video game comic book geek back in the day, and that just transferred into martial arts for me. So, yeah, yeah so that stuff is now with with that time, I'm like, man, I'm actually not bad at this stuff. That's really cool. 
and it's just uh i imagine after like so many years just being able to like think and refocus and all that and what one of the things that always got to me about martial arts is that you can only go so far then you have to start teaching and in teaching others you recognize in yourself what you should be doing and it's it's just such a cool concept and and i i always try to apply that to, i actually applied that in my job today i was like okay we can teach others by doing the you know and um i didn't go into the whole thing but i told them it's an old martial arts technique so but it's and i had to write mortgages so it has nothing to do with anything but it was just like yeah this is how i use it in my daily life so yeah it's uh that's that's pretty fun Let's see. um I was going to ask because um, you did mention the the splits kick and all that um, coming up with that. That's just a brilliant thing. I couldn't tell you how many times I had just been absolutely trolled by that from my friend playing that and just knocking me in the in the balls. And, Ooh, you know, um, is is that something that you currently teach at your school? <laughs> <laughs> Though it has some practicality in a combat situation, I don't mean it like a sports situation. More of a, a, a combat, not not really one on one, but if there's a group around, sometimes you have to drop really, really low to get out of the way of something. Oh, that so, makes sense. So, with uh, besides being a humiliating blow, because anybody who gets hit with that playing Mortal Kombat, you're always get humiliated by that blow. Oh, God, just I like, oh my, it. yeah, it's just you know, guys, I love hitting people with it. But... Yeah, yeah. That, you know, when we were younger, we always used to tap our friends in the nuts, you know, good thing that we thought it was a game, but you know, it, it really sucked. But, uh, you know, so there's, there's, that's a, that's humiliation right there. But so, you know, though you need that flexibility, it, you know, in, a, in, it's taught because it looks cool. That's, that's a big thing too, that I always loved about martial arts films is you've got your rule of cool where maybe you'll see like a really outlandish kick and, you know, it doesn't knock the person over, but it's like, it was a cool flourish on the end and it looked really fun. So that's, that's one of the things I always noticed about like uh, the drunken master film is that he's got some cool stuff going on. It may not be as effective because they're still coming at him, but it sure looked cool. So that's pretty fun. Do do you have a a favorite uh, martial arts film or do you gravitate towards like a genre of martial arts films? Do you even like them? (laughs) Yeah. I actually enjoy you know, I'll even, I'll pay for a bad martial art movie just to support the martial artist, you know, so, but I like really the old school martial arts, like the Shaw Brothers. Shaw Brothers, yes. I like, I like those movies where they're actually doing like a more of a, more of a formal training than, than the brawling stuff, though the brawling stuff looks cool and I enjoy it. I, I really like to see the you know, the older films, because all those guys were like really good, you know, at martial arts, you know, it wasn't just tough like, as a oh, coffin nail too. Yeah. I'm just not going to throw a crazy, yeah. cra- it wouldn't, I'm not going to throw a crazy punch. No, I'm going to do a flip and a spin and throw a crazy punch. <laughs> you know, it was like, holy cow. So I really enjoyed that stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. We, we actually have uh, on our, our podcast network, we have uh, the East meets the West podcast, which is con- they um, they do spaghetti westerns compared to Shaw Brothers uh, martial arts films. And they do like a compare and contrast. It's a great show. 
So it's, it's pretty fun. Uh, a couple of friends of mine, Roger and, and uh, Patrick do that, but um, I I'm with you. I I'm a big Shaw brothers fan myself um, on the spot. I, I could not tell you what's my favorite, but um, I I've, I've watched and listened to quite a few of, of their, um, their shows and, and um, in the films. And it, it's pretty interesting when they compare them to the spaghetti Westerns, because you, you get like a really good sort of analog to them. And I'm like, wow, Westerns and martial arts films. It's, it's kind of a, a match that you wouldn't have thought. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, even in Mortal Kombat, Kung Lao, Tony Marquez modeled Kung Lao uh, out of uh, Clint Eastwood. No kidding. I had no idea. So if you look at Kung Lao, how he's hiding his hat, he took that from Clint Eastwood. Oh, wow. And the different (laughs) postures, like when he's holding his fist and he's kind of look at him, he took that from from the Spaghetti Westerns when he's getting ready to draw his gun, kind of like that. So, yeah. So, again, we are also the people, you know, the the guys who who, uh, collaborated on Mortal Kombat, the first and second game. We're fans of all that stuff all that's all so that cool stuff. yeah so what was it like uh, when you know back in the day i i remember mortal kombat was the hottest ticket around it was the the one arcade machine that you know there was a line waiting around the corner to get to you know what was it like walking up on that for the first time and seeing yourself in there that was pretty it was pretty cool you know because uh you know i hel- helped john not only pitch the game to the company he worked for uh and and got to to kind of basically design all the martial art moves in the in the uh, in the game, you know, uh, uh, just stuff on the fly. You know, I created a, like a Sonia's kiss of death. You know, when she goes like that, and just the whole thing, I just came up with it just on the spare of the moment. Oh, wow. or, or or different, yeah. There were different things that you know. Every character in Mortal Kombat one and two has something that like I gave I put in there. In, into the game but you know walking up on the cabinet it's me on the side you know uh tobias said you know thanks for helping me create you know my dream he's like i really wanted to create a like a really cool fighting game and he's like and thanks you know you helped me do that so i'm going to put you on the side of the game so that's a that was an extra perk for me wow that's awesome. is, is there um is, is that something that pays in royalties no, actually, uh, that's a we, bummer. Yeah, well, actually, originally, like when we pitched the game to Midway, Ed and the management said no to it. So we, I, they said no to our game and that they were going to uh, do a fighting game with Van Damme. So a lot of people were, uh, get it confused, like, oh, it's it's made off of Van Damme. No, we had this idea and then we gave it to the company. But naturally, the company is going to say they had an idea first because otherwise they don't owe us money. I would really be getting paid then. But uh, uh, but they but they were just kind of they said no. And then when that deal fell through, they told me that they were going to only they promised me I would only do 200 arcade cabinets. So no home or no anything like that. Only 200 arcade cabinets. But if I worked on the project, I can do whatever I want. So when we, we created it, I was only supposed to get, you know, do 200. So later on, when they did more, uh, you know, I got promised a bonus for, for doing all that work, which fell through in the end. Oh, wow. That's a bummer. Yeah, happens. It's the business. Yeah. Right? It, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was, um, I was surprised too, because I, I know like Activision itself, uh, the parent company had gone through like several bankruptcies and I mean, they bought a, they bought Valiant Comics and it's like, it got really weird for them in the eighties and then into the two thousands. 
So it's Mortal Kombat has been kind of like the the one guiding light for them where it's like there's been a Mortal Kombat since night what 1991 now there's been one on every home count uh you know video game con- console since you know and it's it's just the mainstay like there's one that came out what a year and a half ago so it's it's still there it's still relevant it's still my favorite fighting game so i'm, I'm not a, as much of a street fighter guy but you know nothing against it it's just Mortal Kombat was cool so <laughs> yeah they need to they actually need to make that make that happen between street fighter and mortal Kombat. i would love to see that see that yeah to be honest with you yeah i would i would like to see it even though uh you know under uh being you know when you going into it i didn't really know the business but now being you know being an outsider but in the business briefly i understand why they can't do it you know they don't want you know one side cannot lose you know that's what happened with dc situation Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah Well, now you got characters like Jason Voorhees or Aliens and Predator and all that. And I mean, now it's like you can have Johnny Cage, you know, versus, you know, Freddy Krueger or, you know, I don't know if Mike Myers is in it, but like these other guys, it's like you you can fight Rambo. Like it's it's a a cool Terminator. Terminator's it. Yep. You're exactly right. Uh, I think Rambo, Terminator, Freddy, Predator, Predator, Uh, Alien, Leatherface, Leatherface. yeah, it's it's interesting, like the direction that that it's going in. It's it's cool. I I have to admit though, I was super bummed when I saw and the first time I get Mortal Kombat two, and I'm like, all right, where's Johnny Cage? Because I, I'm going through this, and I'm like, all right, you know, everybody, every one of my friends is playing as Sub Zero or Scorpion or something like that. I'm playing as Johnny Cage because I'm throwing my ball and I'm. Uh, you know, uh, doing the shadow kick and stuff like that. And then he finally comes back in the next one. He's got another cool move, which is like an uppercut. And I'm like, this is just the best. So, but I was, I was bummed. And I'm like, the only place you can see him is in the background chained up and Sonya Blade is chained up on the other side. So, but, um, you know, we, we all had our favorites. I, I learned to love Baraka. So, you know, I, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a really, he's a really weird choice. I know, but you know, I, I knew who I was in the first game. <laughs> I was never a Luke Kang guy, though. So you know, I, I'm glad that yeah. I'm glad he's in the game and all that. But he was just never my favorite character. So. I like Luke Kang, the bicycle kick. That I who came it's up fun. with the bicycle kick though? Uh, okay, I'm curious. Was that you? Uh, no, the the bicycle kick actually Ho Sung. Um, you know, it wasn't like. Uh, Creating that wasn't like people thought. Like uh, John Tobias was the lead, and uh, really Ed would just do the. We, Ed would just do what we asked at the beginning. We kind of told him, "Hey, this is what we want to do," and then he would say if he could do it or if we had to change it. So he wasn't really creating more than the programming. So yeah. during one and two, we, the, uh, especially one, the actors who portrayed the characters got to create the characters it what we didn't have a script or anything like that or no guidance hey you need to do this no uh you know when we first started uh uh doing the game when uh john set up a camera his dad's home camera oh. uh, is the how we made the first game when he set up the camera he looked at me and he said he, he just said do something cool and that's how we started we just started recording all, all the martial art moves that I could think of. That's that's <laughs> so, so reminiscent. Like yeah. that yeah. just takes me back to high school with like <laughs> I'm like, that's exactly yeah. what we would have done. I yeah, love it. So, 
So Hosung wanted to do that. You know, he he was the last one we filmed. He was watching everybody, all their special moves and stuff like that. And he wanted to think of something cooler than the last guy. You know, I want to do something cooler like that. So he was like, oh, I want to do the bicycle kick. Boom, 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 boom. You know. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. So. Man, yeah, that's that's such an iconic move, too. You think about it. If that wasn't mm-hmm. in the game, it, it just it wouldn't be the same. That was one of my favorite moves with using the using Luke King. Now, yeah. did did you get to pick wardrobe as well? Like, is it a circumstance where we could have had like a different color scorpion? Like, um, how did that work out? Like, uh, did did he say, OK, we're going to we're going to just map this out and change the color. So is it just like scorpion and sub-zero look the same, but uh, they just changed the color or? Well, originally they wanted, John wanted Japanese ninjas. And I was like, dude, it's the nine, it's the eight let end of, uh, because we pitched the game, started thinking of the game in 89 before, before it was technically went to, uh, went to Midway. And I was like, just like, dude, everything is like Japanese ninjas. We have to do the Lin Kuei, the Chinese ninja. And he's like, what is that? And I was like, they, they, they're all in black but they have this cool armor looking thing, exactly what Scorpion and Sub-Zero look like, but black, all black because it's a ninja. So then John was like, John was just like, oh, he's like, okay, I could see that. And I was like, oh, there's the Lin Kuei, which are Chinese ninjas. And um, there's a whole mythology around that. So it'll be something that's not out there. It's not mainstream. You know, unless you're a geek, you will know about this back in the day. This will be really <laughs> unique to the game. So John was like, He's like, cool, but we have to put a little color on it. Otherwise, we will just see black. You know, it'll just be a guy in black and you can't really, you know, since it's videotape, we can't really do that. He goes, so I'm going to, so we're just going to take, I'm going to make him yellow. So he will stand out. And that's the color he chose. There was no Sub-Zero yet. So that wasn't uh, until later, until we couldn't, originally we wanted, I think like eight or nine different characters. So we didn't kind of, you know, Sub-Zero came later when we were in crunch time and needed another character, but you know, we had to do something a little bit easier, a relative, relative because um, when I filmed moves for Scorpion and Sub-Zero, I filmed enough moves for two other Lin Kuei. You know, and at that time they were brothers. Scorpion and Sub Zero were brothers. That until later on, the story, you know, uh, when it went into uh, comic book, it changed when they started selling off the, you know, the rights to it, to the franchise. It started changing. But originally, yeah, Scorpion and Sub Zero are brothers. So, you know, just the look was just that. Or Johnny Cage, John just said, "Hey, just pick something." You know, uh, uh, your the original sketch was Michael Grimm from Iron Fist, and I was like, I don't have anything like that. And he's like, well, I'll just wear bike shorts. So I just picked up bike shorts and shoes, and that's what I got. That's great. <laughs> that's it's so crazy. You know, and, and it's it's funny too because it's like it, I mean, we were talking about the cultural significance of this, and it's like last year, this was the highest grossing film on HBO Max last year was Mortal Kombat. So I'm, I'm assuming that you saw it. Um, what, yeah. what did you think? Did you did you like it? Do you feel like they missed a couple things? Um, what, uh, the, what do you think? The beginning fight scene was very impressive. I, I liked it. I liked the beginning fight scene, but I think as the time went, it felt hurried to me. You know, like you know, from, from <laughs> it was, yeah, it was just like man, dude. I you know, I would have preferred for the management to tell the fans, you know, me included. I'm a fan 
uh, hey, I need another six months. We need another six months to do you right. You know, uh, when I watched it, I was like, holy cow, this is really cool. As it went on, I was like, well, what, what is this? You know, you know, and then in the end, I was like, guys, come on. Mortal Kombat is about the tournament. Don't yeah, it, <laughs> you know, that was not before <laughs> you get to the tournament, because that's why people like Mortal Kombat, because it's Mortal Kombat. You know, uh, but again, a lot of people get a different, you know, get a vision Oh, I want to recreate Mortal Kombat. It's cool that other, you know, that people add to it. You know, we have the people who did the first movie who added to the characters that I, I created to add it to, to that. And, you know, even this movie added stuff to that. So they're adding on to it. But it's not like you can be, you know, unless you're the original, you're not the original. You're, you know, you've got a template that you're filling and you could add to that. And I think that with the film, the the producer and director wanted to change it the formula which is not always you know changing it a different way add to it at, at least in my opinion you know they should have added to it and not kind of like hey we're gonna start killing off main people right from the get-go yeah yeah right yeah no i'm i'm with you i mean i i mm-hmm. feel like more Kano is the answer, you know. If more oh Kano in the film, <laughs> but, but it's, it's 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 bookended very well. Like like the beginning part where you know um you know you got Scorpion and and he grabs like the the tiny shovel and puts it on a or like the spade and he puts it on a, a rope and then that becomes his signature weapon and just kind of like the origin story of of the Lin Kuei with Sub Zero and then you get to the end mm-hmm. where it's Cole and and uh, Scorpion versus Sub Zero. It's like those are really cool fights. The middle is kind of a weird sandwich. And I'm like, all right, yeah, they did that. I'm like, okay, sure. You know, Cole kill Goro, no problem. Sure. You know, it's not like, but but it's like it was it was a fun film that I don't regret watching. But I mean, if I was to give it a grade, it's a C minus. You know, it's it's uh, I liked it. I'll put it this way. I liked it more than uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. So, you know, and I know that's a bold claim, but I, I'm just saying I, I liked it more than that. <laughs> well, you, Eric, what do you what do you think of the film? I, I mean, I mean, I had to agree with uh, Master Daniel on it, too. I, I kind of feel like, to be honest with you, if they could have, even if they stretched it out for, like, three hours, I still would have watched it. Like, you know, actually get more of the story. Like, me and my friend, we went to it, and after the movie, we were like, it was good. They had everything going good for them, but it just felt like they were in a hurry. You know, and they should have, I mean, they could have really just, I mean, they're, I know that they're in the process of making another one right now, but they could have took their time with this first one. Like, I'd have been okay with waiting another six months. I mean, that was like the first movie that I've seen since COVID. In a theater. Yeah, I think, I think it was like you know? the first movie release. I think it was like the big one because the only thing before that yeah. was like the, uh, the Snyder cut. So which, which is another movie that I, I, I like, but I feel was rushed. So, you know, but, yeah. but um, I, something I, I wanted to go back to here was uh, you had mentioned that you're a big fan of horror films. Um, what do you like in terms of horror? Do you have like, uh, do you have like a favorite genre? You like vampire, zombie? Like what's your, what's your go-to? My go-to is more of like a, the supernatural type of thing. Like, you know, uh, though I enjoyed the, the Freddy and the Jason and the Friday the Thirteenth movie and, and things like that, or even okay. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love that movie. I, as a martial artist, I I I don't 
see why you should be afraid of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I, I absolutely get it. So when I watch it, though, I'll watch it and enjoy it and have my popcorn and, you know, sit and watch it. It's awesome. I just don't understand that whole, it doesn't scare me. You know, Rich, Rich, who is Kano, he's like, he's also, when we talk about it, because he's a fan too. And we talk like even, even uh, I talked to him yesterday. I talked to all those guys from Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 all the time. And he's like, he goes, I don't, he goes, what, what's so difficult about, about killing these guys? He goes, they, you, they, they, you stab them and they come back to life. He goes, I would just chop them up, you know, in pieces and put them in cement. And then let me see you come back together after that. (laughs) You're you're right. I think that's how they got Jason at one point, you know, they, they had put him in there, but the problem was someone came back. I think uh, the military or something came back to get him or anything, but absolutely right you know they, they chained him to the bottom of the lake you know who's gonna go there well don't drain the lake you know yeah. i don't know if you can see i've got a, a poster behind me of event horizon which is one of my favorite horror movies yeah i so, like that movie that's scary it's I like a haunted house in space yeah i thought they were coming out with event horizon too that was oh, i don't know yeah that, that would be one. interesting yeah i don't know it's it's uh it's one of those things that always kind of shocked me because the same year this came out, that movie uh, Lost in Space came out and they used the same spaceship. And I have to laugh every time. I'm like, oh, is this the part where their eyes fall out? It's like, oh, no, it's not. That's Matt LeBlanc from Friends. So, <laughs> it's just pretty interesting. So, yeah. But um, I, I wanted to kind of wrap up here just a little bit. But um, I, I wanted to ask, um, is there anything that you're working on right now? Um, any any place that uh, folks uh, will um, see you or anything that you're promoting that we can talk about for you? Um, no, I did. I did a fan film Legends Never Die in England, uh, which is like 30 years later. Uh, basically, they're hunting Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage is, is hiding out in England because uh because that's the way the story goes. You know, I did an interview with Tony and he's like, he's like, I know you did that movie. He goes, but I know you personally, you wouldn't hide out from anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to get that. If, if you're not afraid of Jason and Freddie, all, I'm starting to get that. So yeah. I, and he's like, he goes, but I will, he goes, when it's, I'll still watch it, but I'm just saying this is kind of weird, you know, knowing you and you're hiding out. You're not. So I'm just hiding out in England. And then, you know, the black dragons come over there and, you know, we have a uh, mayhem. So, Doing that um, right now, there's uh, uh, other projects just kind of just waiting to see, you know, they had, there's other things out there, but you know, if, if people follow me on Instagram, master D Pacina, you'll, if, when things come to fruition, I'll post things there. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, it's surprising because there's a lot of stuff that's filming out here in Chicago now. So we're, we're still, we're still seeing a lot. Um, I know they had uh, the recently the Batman was uh, filming out here a little bit. And uh, of course we had the dark Knight returns and or the dark Knight. So uh, transformers, like all of these films. So we, we've got kind of like a rich film history over here. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not like there's going to be a lack of opportunity. So hopefully we'll, we'll see you back out there in, in some of this stuff. Yeah, beating so. up some monsters. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's what I want now. I want like uh, you know, Master Master Daniel versus the monsters. That would be pretty fun. I, I'd be in. <laughs> All right, cool. I'll I'll, I'll get that going. So, <laughs> Eric, uh, before we go, did you have any questions? Anything that maybe we missed uh, for Master Daniel? Uh, no, I was I was actually kind of curious. Uh, you know, because I was looking at. Obviously, I looked at Wikipedia, and I was wondering about your brother. Is he still with Nether Realm? 
Yes, he does uh, the action design and also uh, because he's a graphic artist, he's like, man, he's like a slave labor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he does a lot, just a lot of different things. You know, he, he also recruits, uh, you know, uh, talent to do the mocap. So he reaches out to different people to do to do that, you know, and uh, his wife designs characters for games. So they're they're definitely oh. Warner Brothers family. Yeah. Think they I mean, need a bald guy, maybe. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like Kano's, Kano's like like chunky little brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It kind of falls on the ground. Yeah. No, I mean, does he does he ever come to you? Like, I mean, obviously, we know Nether Realm is kind of part of uh, Mortal Kombat now. Uh, does he come to you about any any of the stuff for that? No, not really for that though some of the guys who do the motion capture are my students. So, you know, and two, uh, like today, I worked out with them today. So it's not directly, but it's still, you're still part of the game. Well, basically, yeah, because my martial arts are still being used by people in the game. Uh, They're still, they're still in the game, you know, and even, yeah, even today when I see behind the scenes footage of, of, uh, Nether Realm and the mocap studio, they have like things that I designed that they, even though back in the day, wow. they, back in the day they were primitive, they still use them for today's games. That's really That's cool. Crazy. That's awesome, though. Yeah. Now, w- one thing I try to ask all of our guests uh, what's your favorite pizza topping? Like um, in, in terms of uh, pizza, what, what would be like your ideal pizza? I like it just simple, like sausage is good. Cheese and sausage is awesome. No pineapple. I am definitely. Okay. I am definitely. I like you more now. Yeah. <laughs> no pineapple. I love pineapple. You can put pie. I'll eat pineapple like just on everything else, but it just does not belong on pizza. And that and that is fair. That is you're you're, you're a master. You've got your your. <laughs> so no one's going to argue with you on this at all. I'm so. not. I'm not arguing. I wish. I, would, I wish. I wish you would talk to my friend because he, me, and him go back and forth about pineapple and pizza. Oh my! my <laughs> agent, I have an agent who loves pineapple on pizza. So uh, a couple of times I'm like, well, you know, you know, when we're sitting down at events and we order pizza, he's like, I'm going to get a small. Uh, I'm going to have a small cheese and pineapple. I go, and I look at him and I always tell him, you know, you're not sitting at the same table. I am. <laughs> Usually you hear that with anchovies, but you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. Wow. That's, that's great. That's a great answer. The, the reason I asked that is um, we feature a pizza recipe in every episode. So after, after our interview, I will uh, put in a little pizza. So now I've got some guidance. I'll find something that is cheese and sausage and, and we'll, uh, we'll call that the master Daniel Piscina uh, special. So, yeah classic all right and with that i'm gonna uh, tell everybody thanks for joining us on epic tales from the sewers you can check us out on anywhere that you can find podcasts obviously you're listening to this now find us on instagram you can find us on twitter you can also find us on facebook in the epic shells facebook group a big thank you to master daniel piscina for joining us today thank you guys thanks for having me and hopefully we can have a a pizza and a whiskey alive one day (laughs) sounds good (laughs) All right, we'll be right back with our pizza recipe. Hi, this is Adam, a.k.a. Casey Jones from Casey Jones Livewire, and you're listening to Epic Tales from the Sewers. Time for a knuckle sandwich, punk. 
It's pizza time. And now, in a segment that we call Pizza Time, where we discuss any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or pizza-related food, I give you Pizza Time. Hi, everyone. After a great conversation with Master Daniel Piscina, I was looking for something with sausage. I didn't find anything with sausage, but I did find something with pork. And since we were talking about wushu, I found the mushu pork pie. A staple on menus in Chinatown, mushu pork is served with thin pancakes. But why have a pancake when you can have a pizza? Ingredients. Cornmeal or flour for dusting. Extra virgin olive oil for greasing. One pound ball pizza dough, homemade, or you can try our recipe. One teaspoon plus two uh, tablespoons vegetable oil, plus more for brushing. One tablespoon soy sauce. One half cup hosin sauce, divided. One half pound pork tenderloin, halved lengthwise, then thinly sliced. Two large eggs, beaten. One half small head Savoy cabbage, covered, thinly sliced or shredded. Four ounces steamed shiitake mushrooms, thinly sliced. One large carrot, peeled and coarsely grated. Two scallions, white and light green parts, thinly sliced. Two teaspoons grated fresh ginger. Instructions. On a baking stone or steel, place your baking stone in the middle of the rack of the oven and preheat to 500 degrees Fahrenheit for at least 30 minutes. Then turn on the oven to broil. Dust the pizza peel or inverted baking sheet with cornmeal or flour. On a baking sheet, Preheat the oven to 500 degrees Fahrenheit with the rack in the middle position. Lightly coat with a heavy-duty rimmed baking sheet with olive oil. Step 1. Stretch or roll the dough onto a 12-inch disc and place it on the prepared pizza peel or baking sheet. Brush the dough with vegetable oil. Step 2. Shimmy the dough from the peel onto the hot baking stone or transfer to the sheet in the oven. Bake until just the crust is golden, about 5 to 7 minutes on the baking stone, 10 to 12 minutes on the baking sheet. Remove the crust from the oven and set it aside. Step 3. In a medium bowl, whisk together the soy sauce and one-fourth cup of hussein sauce. Add the pork and toss to coat, and then cover the bowl with plastic wrap and set it aside. Heat one teaspoon of oil in a large non-stick skillet over medium heat. Add the eggs and then let them cook for one to two minutes without stirring, just until it's set. Transfer the eggs to a cutting board and then let them cool. Once the eggs are cool enough to handle, roll them up and cut them into thin strips. Step 5. Wipe and return the skillet to the stove over high heat. Add one tablespoon of oil to the skillet. Using tongs, transfer the pork into the hot skillet, reserving its marinade. Stir fry for about four to five minutes or until cooked through. Immediately transfer the pork to the plate along with the accumulated juices. Step six, add the remaining tablespoon of oil to the skillet and return to high heat. When the oil is hot and it begins to, sh to shimmer, add the cabbage, mushrooms, carrot, and scallions. Stir fry for about five minutes until the vegetables are soft, and then toss in the ginger and stir fry for another 30 seconds. Step seven, add the pork and the juices with the reserved marinade and the eggs to the stir fry for another two minutes. Step eight, using a slotted spoon, add the mushu pork onto the pizza, onto the pizza crust and drizzle with the remaining hussein sauce. Slice and third, slice and serve. Lighten it up dudes, if you want whole wheat pizza dough, you can try that too as a, uh, as a low calorie option. And that is our Mushu Pork Pizza. Cowabunga, dudes! Thank you for listening to the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. This podcast has no affiliation with Eastman, Laird, 
Mirage Studios, IDW Studios, Archie Comics, or Nickelodeon Studios. This podcast is a member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Check out thedorkening.com for other podcasts. Epic Tales from the Sewers is recorded by Justin Cooper and Eric Will. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. We all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. (laughs) With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, a bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons, I don't know, help me out here. Music, pants, quoting video games that don't have dialogues, shabibans, tasty news, unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia, butt breathers, uncomfortable nature facts, or how to install a samoplan. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retro have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. Of problems. Hey, they might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retro is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar Podcast Networks with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome.